This call is being recorded. If you do not wish to be recorded, please disconnect at this time. Hello, and thank you for sharing some time with the National Small Business Association to talk small business policy. We know your time is valuable, and our goal is to set you up. Oh, that's not right. Let me start over. Sorry. Hello, and thank you for sharing some time with the National Small Business to talk small business. Man, I'll just record this part later. <laughs> Let's go ahead and get into your conversation. That's <laughs> fine. Okay, and conversation starting. With that, Todd, tell us a little bit more about what beneficial ownership is and what sparked the effort to pass this legislation. Well, you know, it's it's interesting road. Uh, they always have find a way in Congress to, to make things more complicated for small businesses. Uh, basically, though, the the idea is one I think is we can all support. I mean, uh, lawmakers say they want to crack down on money laundering. Uh, of shell companies that fund terrorists um, and other illicit activities, you know, criminals, bad actors, essentially, that form these shell companies. No one can figure out who owns them, uh, and they use them to move money around and do bad things. Uh, so the idea is, gosh, let's make them report on on who owns these companies, uh, and anytime there's a change, they've got to report. Um, uh, but in reality, what they've created is uh, is a is a really difficult thing for small businesses to to uh, cope with. So, so really, it's just an effort to stem money laundering and fraud. Uh, I, I mean, why wouldn't NSBA support that? Well, because you know what? Given that next question, I think I should have said all that in the first question. Should we start again? Because I feel like the first, my first answer should be just here's what they're trying to do, right? Can you hear me? Sorry, I was on. Yep, I was on mute. Sorry about that. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, no, I think that makes sense. Let's um, let me lead with a question, and then you can go back to it. Because given, yeah, given that I already said that it's not good for small business, it right. sounds strange that you ask why is it? Why don't we support it? So I'll not say that this time. <laughs> okay. Well, and it's, in the very introduction too, I talk about you know one of those one of the biggest, most frustrating issues you probably haven't heard about. So that kind of leads to the fact yeah. that we All right. don't support it. So let me yeah. – um, <clears throat> I'll start back with the main question again sure. and go. With that, Todd, uh, tell us a little bit more about what beneficial ownership is and what sparked the effort to pass the uh, legislation. Well, you know, it starts from good goals. I mean, our lawmakers are trying to figure out a way to reduce crime, reduce funding of, of uh, criminal activities, uh, terrorism, money laundering. Uh, you know, a lot of these criminals set up shell companies that can't be traced effectively. You don't know who really owns them. Uh, and money floats through financial institutions owned by these these companies. Um, and, you know, lots of bad things stem from that. So uh, lawmakers have identified, I think appropriately, a place that uh, that needs some additional uh, enforcement and additional uh, uh, look from our government. So it sounds like it's, it's really just an effort to stem money laundering and fraud. Why Why wouldn't NSBA support that goal? Yeah, because there's more than one way to skin the cat. The goal makes a lot of sense, uh, and we don't really have any argument with the goal. It's really the method, and if they've chosen uh, the right method to, to deal with this, because what they're doing in reality is imposing huge burdens not just on those bad actors, but on every struggling small business that has enough paperwork burdens already without utilizing the the resources that the federal government already has. So 
so essentially, there will be all kinds of unintended consequences uh, from the bills they're talking about now, these new reporting requirements and huge penalties uh, that uh, that small businesses would face. So essentially, this would only apply to companies that have fewer than 20 employees uh, uh, in, in most of the legislation. They'd have to report on who their, quote, beneficial owners are, which isn't just people who own a majority stake in the company. And in fact, that's one of our problems with the bill is they don't really define what makes up a beneficial owner and how much of the company do they need to own, how much control do they need to have. Those are left up to the company to decide and, and be liable for, essentially. Um, then you have to report anytime there's a change in uh, in any of those uh, uh, ownership uh, structures, uh, which you know sounds simple enough, but in fact, some companies may be owned by another company, uh, at least in part, and those companies could be owned uh, by various shareholders that the business owner doesn't keep in regular contact with. Uh, but they could still be defined as beneficial owners, these, these second and third tier uh, owners. Uh, through the look look through provisions, that's what they're called. When a company, another company owns another company, so in fact, if there's a divorce, a death, you know, uh, you know ownership of some stock changes hands, you're supposed to report that with a narrow time frame or face huge penalties. Um, and of course, those penalties, uh, you know, is the other reason that people are so concerned about this. We're, we're talking tens of thousands of dollars in penalties and the potential for years of prison time if these provisions are not complied with. Um, and uh, it, it's, just a, it's just a significant issue for small companies that they could be looking at uh, and get tripped up on for lots of reasons. Now, you mentioned something I, I think is really interesting and that I, I think people miss a lot with this issue. And, and this kind of talks about NSBA and something we always focus on as an advocacy organization. And is this our issue? Is this something that really impacts small businesses uniquely? And you talked a little bit about the employee uh, cap. So mm -hmm. can you talk about that again and how it really focuses just on small business? Yeah, I mean, it only applies to companies with fewer than 20 employees uh, in the various versions of this legislation working its way through. Um, and uh, uh, the the rationale is that, well, you know, you know, someone who's just laundering money isn't going to employ a whole bunch of people uh, just for the purpose of doing criminal activity and money laundering. So we don't need to collect money, information from those bigger companies. So that's the, that's the stated rationale of the, of the lawmakers. Uh, so this is being imposed just on the smallest companies who have the fewest resources and the, and the, the least ability to, to, uh, to comply and even know about these rules in some cases. Uh, so we think that's fundamentally unfair at, at, at one level. Um, but then you also think about all these companies that are starting. Um, uh, and they will often get angel investing uh, or trying to figure out ways to get more uh, crowdfunding investment from companies for companies. So that means those, those very small startup businesses may have a number of investors who may be considered beneficial owners. And the same issues I raised before, where the, the ownership of some of that stock could change hands pretty readily without the main uh, CEO of the company even being aware of it, but still being liable to report on it. Uh, under threat of, again, tens of thousands of dollars in penalties and potential imprisonment. Um, so, and no other big corporation, no other individual in the in the uh, in the economy really would face those uh, either reporting requirements or very stiff penalties. Um, 
and, and there's so many other concerns that, that that we have about this because when you think about they have to report, well, what is they reporting? They're reporting names, uh, resident addresses, business addresses, dates of birth, driver's license numbers, passport numbers for all of the beneficial owners of their companies. And so in some cases, they might not, the company may not even have access to information from some of their owners, uh, uh, but they're still liable for reporting it. But also we're Really concerned about what this means for potential uh, cybercrime. I mean, I mean, I'm not sure I trust the ability of some of these federal agencies to to hold on to that data effectively, um, and and to identify with that level of detail who owns a company uh, creates all kinds of potential areas of mischief for for other kinds of crime or trying to pre- prevent crime. Not only that, but the law. Rec- requires the federal agencies that are collecting this data to um, to, to share it with uh, other financial institutions, law enforcement agencies, even in foreign countries that request it uh, for their own enforcement purposes without a warrant. So there's no reason to believe that this information will be kept under lock and key, and it's, just, it's a significant um, uh, potential breach of, uh, of, of, of information. Yeah, it it really is, and clearly just focusing on small business. So, uh, it, you know, we all agree that fraud is bad and crime is bad, clearly. But let's let's get back to that cat you mentioned mm-hmm. at the beginning of our conversation. <laughs> is there another way to achieve the goals of what these lawmakers yeah. really want? And, and that's the other concern. I mean, small business owners, as you know, are are you know, probably among the most you know patriotic folks around in terms of wanting to help our country solve its, its problems. I mean, um, uh, it's Living in the U.S. creates the latest art these companies in the first place, but um, so they want to help any way they can. And if it was a small burden on something that was really necessary, and they're the only ones that could do this, I, I think a lot of small companies would say, "Fine, this is difficult, this is a pain, but um, this is something that needs to be done." But in fact, it doesn't need to be done. A, there's no evidence this actually will solve the problem. I mean, telling the criminal that you know, make sure you don't forget to report to us about your criminal activity doesn't often uh, elicit much of a response. Uh, it's, 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 uh, it's the uh, law-abiding um, businesses will get caught up in this morass, uh, A. And then B, the reality is the U.S. government in different places already has this information. And in fact, you can't open a bank account anonymously in the United States right now. Uh, that information gets reported. You can't pay your taxes anonymously. The IRS collects that data, obviously. Um, and right now, the, all the data that, that they would need uh, exists. It's just it's in different places. Some of it is being collected by the Financial Crimes Enforcement Network, which is a part of the Department of Treasury. Part of it is being collected by the Internal Revenue Service, which is also part of Treasury. But they're not allowed to talk to each other. So all of the government really needs to do is pass a bill allowing FinCEN, that's the Financial Crimes Enforcement Network, and the IRS to talk to each other about these things, and they can catch the criminals on their own. Um, but that is not the approach uh, that uh, that folks have, have uh, chosen. Uh, they've been chosen this, this much bigger, much more cumbersome, uh, much less effective a uh, uh, set of tools, they're going to be a huge burden on small companies. So, I mean, that's why we're opposing it. We don't think it makes any sense. 
So I, I think that really brings up an interesting point about this whole thing. You, you know, you, you really lay out clearly why this is a bad idea, how much it opens up small businesses to, to all kinds of troubles. So, you know, maybe it's uh, too many episodes of House of Cards, but, but <laughs> why, why is it happening this way? What, what's the pushing, you know, the driving yeah, force behind it doesn't really seem to make sense, does it? Um, and, uh, and and in reality, you know, you look at well, who's actually advocating for this approach, uh, who actually keeps pushing this forward, because everyone on Congress should go and talk to them. They all want to be a friend of small company and small business. Uh, they all say they want to help small businesses grow and, 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 and uh, thrive and to get started and to not put undue burdens on them. And then they talk about this kind of thing. So what's going on here? Um, and in reality, the main advocates for these provisions actually are you know, banks, big banks, uh, because right now they're the ones that have this reporting burden. They've got to take the information from someone that's, that, that opens a new account, and they've got to be liable for reporting all of that to uh, the Financial Crimes Enforcement Network. They're the ones that have essentially that liability uh, right now, and they would like to take that liability off their backs and put it squarely on the backs of the small business community, um, and that's essentially what's happening here. Um, and uh, it really is unfortunate uh, that we're having such a hard time getting the message through. And so often you go up to the Capitol Hill, or you even try to explain this to some business people, and they get uncomfortable because you think they think you're trying to uh, impede the efforts to stop crime and that is not the case at all in fact we're trying to figure out you know what's the, where's the right place to do this reporting and where's the right place to be most effective in catching the criminals and how can we make sure that we're not getting literally millions of small business owners caught up in a in a paperwork morass that they uh, that they don't need to be involved in so it it's bad policy, clearly. There, I, I don't think anybody listening would say, gee, this seems like a really good plan. But, uh, you know, you mentioned a, a really good point here, Todd, in that, you know, it's it, it, we're up against a difficult challenge, which is how do we say, no, we don't like this legislation, i.e., you know, fraud and crime is okay. Um, so so how – what can what is NSBA doing or what, what can our members, our listeners be doing to get that message across to their lawmakers? Uh, well, by just to continue to explain it, I mean, and that is we have uh, uh, we have tools on our website. Uh, you can visit our action center uh, at uh, which you can find at nsba.biz. Uh, subscribe to our weekly advocate newsletter. Uh, we're going to be updating folks on this on this bill as it moves through the Congress, um, and you know, make the calls and describe why this is such a burden on small companies. Um, and and be prepared for the push pushback because a lot of staffers uh, on Capitol Hill don't understand that this isn't the only potential solution. That there are in fact other ways that don't burden the small business community uh, that this could be addressed. And um, and uh, uh, you know often our our members when they do call they they'll hear that they'll say well yes we know, we understand your problem but we've really got to solve this this uh, money laundering problem so I'm sorry but this is just what we have to do. And they remind them, no, in fact, this is not what they have to do. Uh, they have other tools at their disposal, um, and if they really want to be a friend of small business, uh, they'll look pretty carefully at this. Um, so we hope they'll they'll do that. Um, not take no for an answer, uh, and uh, uh, send some letters, send some emails, and and if they can, set up some visits and describe what this would mean would mean for them. 
Well, great, Todd. I, I really appreciate your time. And as, as much as we all enjoy hearing from you, it, uh, we, we often walk away a bit more frustrated. So may, maybe at some point we'll get you to talk about something a bit more positive. We'll find a happy news item somewhere here. <laughs> Sounds great. Well, thanks, everyone, for spending a few moments with NSBA today. Don't forget to go to our website, www.nsba.biz, for all the resources Todd mentioned, and follow us on social media at NSBA Advocate. Thanks so much. All right, Todd, I think it went pretty good. What do you think? I think so. It'll be interesting when we listen to it again to say, oh, yeah, I can do that one again. But um, okay. I thought it was fine. I, I couldn't yeah. decide some of my – you know, I'm, I'm so trained to – when I'm talking to somebody, it's like for use on in TV or the radio, I think, oh, I'm droning on now. But for this format, you kind of want to elaborate a little bit because it's a podcast. It's not mm-hmm. a – we're not fitting this into a 30-second spot or, you know, one column inch right. of news. So, yeah. Right. So and I think by the time I they get it. Yeah, because I thought I was going on a bit. But, you know, and we didn't <clears throat> talk at all as I think about it and it, and it um, about sort of where it is in the legislative process. The House has already passed it. It's in the Senate. And maybe, right. maybe we don't need to get into all of that. But um, You know what? That's – while we're here, and I, I think that we should, because I actually one of the questions I wanted to ask about what people could be doing is that, you know, is there competing legislation? And and yeah, we didn't get into any of that mm-hmm. at all. So let me, um, yeah, let me ask. Uh, we're still recording, so I'll just go ahead and jump into the question okay. about where the legislation is. Are you are you ready to talk sure. about that? Sure. Okay. Uh, all right. We'll go ahead and start. Um, so so tell this is bad policy. Um, we, we know it's not. No, that's not, I don't like that question at all. We'll go back. Um, so thanks for explaining what the issue is, Todd. Can you tell us where it is legislatively? Is it in the House? Is it is in the Senate? What's passed? Are there competing bills? Um, what, what's the state of play right now? Yeah, there are a variety of bills. One bill that would that would impose the kinds of provisions I discussed has already passed the House of Representatives. There's one pending in the Senate now. Um, it's in committee, um, and it has, I think, a pretty good chance of, of moving to to the floor this year um, if we don't get our message across. Uh, so uh, it is supported by the administration, and uh, unfortunately, it is <laughs> it is one of the few uh, bills where you find people in agreement on both sides of the aisle. So there are Republicans and Democrats, both for and against these measures. So um, it, there's not a clear uh, partisan divide either. So so whoever your uh, uh, senator or representative is is someone that uh, should, people should contact. But we are encouraging people, given that it's already passed the House, uh, to focus their their attention on the Senate in terms of, of outreach and advocacy. Uh, but also, if the Senate does pass a bill, it looks likely to be somewhat different substantively, uh, less so because of the beneficial ownership provisions and more because of the uh, many other provisions, which we don't have a problem with for the most part, in the rest of the bill. Um, so there'll need to be some kind of a conference committee or negotiation between the House and the Senate. And then if, assuming it does pass the Senate, then they would go back to both bodies if they reach an agreement for them to each pass them again, in which case both the House and the Senate would need to hear from people about their concerns if those provisions are still in there and if they reach that agreement. And that's that's still a ways down the road, I think. But um, that's the shape of things legislatively. Um, it's, uh, it, it, it's hard to stop something like this that's gathered uh, bipartisan support and su- 
and is uh, supported by the Trump administration and has already passed Nancy Pelosi's House of Representatives. So um, that's why we're trying to get as much attention to it as we can. So in terms of people who are on our side of the issue, are, are there any lawmakers, A, and second part of that question, where are the House and Senate small business committees on this issue? You know, Molly, I don't know the answer to that question. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't, okay. I'm not we'll aware just... that, the, that the committees have done anything on this, but I don't want to say they haven't. And right. have someone say, you know what, we had a hearing in November. And, eh. so. okay. <laughs> okay. I will cut that part out then. And there's okay. there's no lawmaker who's offered up competing legislation that would allow the not two? That I, not that I know of. Okay. Again, <laughs> I don't want to say that definitively because then – there is some bill that I hadn't heard about right. that would okay. allow Finson to talk to IRS or something. Okay. All right. I will edit that part out then. Um, okay, cool. Well, I think this uh, worked well. Let me just kind of scrunch down the parts of us talking and I'll send the, the semi-final clip over to you. Okay. All right. Thanks, Todd. Sounds good. Thanks. Okay. Bye. Bye. This call has been recorded.